Here's the story of two dental hygienists from opposite sides of the world who became friends because they realized their professional lives were so in sync. One in Australia and one in America, both exuding their high passion for high-level patient care, both pushing back on legacy dentistry. If you are ready to revolutionize the practice of dental hygiene through science and innovation, join us as we are Disrupting Dentistry. Hello and welcome to the Disrupting Dentistry podcast. It is 2023 and we are so excited to be back. I am your American host, Melissa. And I'm your Australian host, Tabitha. And we are very excited to be kicking off season three. Who would have thought when we started this, we would make it to season three? (laughs) Seriously, I can't even believe it. It's crazy. So we hope everyone had a really good break over Christmas. We've had a nice time, had a little bit of a rest and reset, and we're ready to um, start season three off. We're really excited. We've got some great guests coming up this year, and we're super excited to have them on. But we are going to start with a host chat. And so, yeah, start with something a bit different, aren't we, Melissa? Yeah, yeah. We're going to tackle a topic that, um, you know, doesn't get talked about all that often, but is super important. And I think there's a lot of great information that um, we're going to learn from this that's going to help really come into your operatory. And I think it's going to be awesome for um, our female patients to be able to, like, meet them where they are and and help them feel that, like, they're not crazy, that the, the things they're experiencing are happening, like, on a physical level and not just, like, you know, they're, they're thinking they have to tough it out or there's something wrong with them. What I find, so what we're going to talk about today is actual menopause. And what um, I find quite interesting is it's not something that gets talked about, but every single woman is going to experience it at one point in their life. It's not like childbirth where not everybody will do it. Every single woman is going to have to go through menopause, unfortunately. And I was saying to Melissa before we started recording, embarrassingly, I only just recently found out this can go for like 10 years because my grandma told me. And I was like, because I had made a joke and said, I can't wait for menopause, get rid of my periods. And she goes, oh, it's a horrible 10 years. And I was like, what the hell? What? What What did you just say? 10 years? (laughs) it's over and then your life is sweet and then they all (laughs) but that just shows how little the subject is talked about we don't get any Mm -hmm. education about it like we never get educated about menopause or how we're going to change when we're older um there's nothing happening in our lives where we're finding out about it so i think most women enter that phase completely oblivious and it's not really and it's this taboo subject so i think it's really important we talk about it and for those of us who haven't gone through it yet, at least we can understand those patients that have or are currently going through it. So I think that's important for us to learn about it. Um, and even our men that are listening today who might be very tempted to hit skip, I'll go to the next episode. <laughs> yeah. I know you, you're probably going, God, this is women's business, but you have female patients or you might have sisters or mothers or wives or kids. And, you know, it's important for us all to understand this. So we're going to start off what is actual menopause because there could be some people listening going, I don't even know what it is. And menopause is the time that marks the end of, your, of the menstrual, menstrual cycle. It's diagnosed after you've gone 12 months without a menstrual period. Menopause can happen in the 40s, 50s, but average age is 51. Menopause is a natural biological process 
but the physical symptoms such as hot flushes and emotional symptoms of menopause may disrupt sleep, lower energy, or affect emotional health. They may, there are many effective treatments available from lifestyle adjustment to hormone therapy. Hot flushes and irregular periods are two of the most common menopause signs and that women will experience and others such as night sweats, low libido, vaginal dryness, and other common among women that go through menopause as well. So we have some so, menopause facts and Melissa will start them off. All women will experience the symptoms or other physical changes related to menopause. The average age of menopause like Tabitha said, cause, uh, occurs about 51 years, but it can happen earlier. Hormonal changes are what causes menopausal symptoms, and symptoms can often last from five to 10 years. Oh my God, that's just like a debilitating factor right there. Oh, seriously. There's <laughs> warnings going on this episode. <laughs> oh yeah, big time, big time. Um, these symptoms can negatively impact a woman's ability to go about her daily routine, which is why the practice of self-care is necessary in particular for women as they age. And we as women are really crappy about that, right? Like whenever we want to like do things to take care for ourselves, we kind of like feel guilty about it. It's, I think it's just, it's just how we, we are. We're always like taking care of everyone else. Uh, but self-care is the practice of actions that preserve or improve one's own health. And this relates to our mental, emotional, and physical health. Women are often known to take care of others before themselves, which is why when it arrives, women are unprepared to give themselves proper self-care. More severe symptoms like insomnia and depression require particular attention that cannot be ignored. And that's a really important uh, yeah. sign right there. You know, like even when you're going over your medical history and you might see a woman who's all of a sudden a change and they're in this age bracket and they're taking a bunch of new medications that are related to mental health and depression, or they, you know, you ask them about their sleep and they're like, yeah, I'm really not sleeping well. These could all be signs of this. And, and, you know, there's a lot of things that women can do that we're just not aware of to help ease these, these symptoms as we transition into this stage of life. Yeah. And one thing to be aware of too, because this happened to one of my friends, um, she had breast cancer uh, quite young in her thirties. And so she had a double mastectomy and then she had her ovaries removed as well as a um, mm. preventative measure. So mm -hmm. she went through medical at 33. So some women wow. can go through medical menopause and it can be quite severe for them because instead of kind of going easing into it, they go into this instant menopause as well. So it can be happening for medical reasons with our patients much earlier than we would expect sometimes. But no two women are the same and they'll experience menopause symptoms during stages of menopause at different times and different intensity. But symptoms experienced can include allergies, although a more obscure menopausal symptom occurrence or exacerbation of allergies during menopause can occur. However, it's not entirely known what the direct link is between menopause and allergies. It is believed that hormonal fluctuations, particularly in um, estrogen, can, oh, sorry, estrogen can increase the production of the body chemical called histamine, which can trigger an allergic response. This is why women who have never suffered allergies in their life can start to during menopause. I had no idea about this until we did the research. <laughs> Seriously, no, I had no idea either. Um, anxiety, menopause anxiety, this term refers to the increased tendency for women experiencing menopause, perimenopause or postmenopause to suffer from anxiety. Changing hormone levels, particularly estrogen, have been repeatedly to alter biofeedback systems in the body. These affected systems include using serotonin and noradrenaline, which studies suggest may be associated with changes in mood. This means that declining and fluctuating levels of, of estrogen and progesterone play a role in anxiety symptoms. 
although other physiological and medical factors can also influence anxiety. So interesting the way that the body is connected. But if you think about it, like your hormones are completely changing. Yeah. And that has such a huge impact on so many different things in your body. Bloating is another symptom they can experience. So abnormal oh. abdominal bloating is a condition where the belly feels full and tight and may appear to be stretched or descended. This sensation is due to one of two causal factors, air retention or water retention. Estrogen and per, 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 I can't get my word out. My words out tonight. Progesterone play vital roles in women's general health and well-being, and the changes of these hormones that accompany menopause can be the culprit of many of the symptoms women experience. Studies indicate that both estrogen and progesterone may influence women's physiological symptoms by impacting the regulation of body fluids and sodium content. Higher levels of estrogen usually mean increased water retention, while lower levels of progesterone can have a, a diuretic effect. Because both estrogen and progesterone fluctuate during menopause, water retention levels will also fluctuate, which can lead to increased bloating. The changes in bile production in, our, in the bodies can also play a role in bloating. Bile, which is produced by the liver and stored in the gallbladder, plays a crucial role in digestion and lubrication of the small intestine. Studies have shown that the changes in estrogen levels influence how the bodies produce bile. If normal processes for bile production is altered, then bloating and constipation can develop. Stools in large intestine can dry up, become hard, accumulate due to lack of lubrication, which leads to very uncomfortable feeling. While bloating can also be a result of varying lifestyle and dietary factors, bloating in menopausal women has been linked to hormonal changes associated with menopause. We're just so lucky. So oh, uh, the hits just keep on coming. Here's a new another one. Breast pain. Yeah. <laughs> what is breast pain and what are the causes? The clinical term for breast pain is mastalgia. I'm not gonna say this right. Mastalgia. How do you say this word? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna go with how you said it. <laughs> okay. Mastalgia. Uh, a cyclical or non-cyclical condition that frequently results from hormonal changes or a hormonal imbalance. I'm just going to go with breast pain is a common complaint which affects 70% of women during their lifetime and presents differently across individuals. Pain may present bilaterally or in one breast or part of one breast, and it can also radiate through the armpit and down the inside of the arm. Typically, the affected breast is very tender to touch and there may be accompanying swelling. Some possible causes of breast pain could be psychological factors such as anxiety and depression. That's interesting. Insufficient breast tissue support or unsupportive or ill-fitting bras. That's also very interesting. Hormone replacement therapy, depending on the dosage and type, HRT can influence the likelihood of breast tenderness in menopause. Caffeine, stress, and smoking. Increased estrogen and decreased progesterone and changes in the body's estrogen-progesterone ratio have varying effects on your body and have been identified as possibly playing a role in breast soreness and menopause. Symptoms of breast pain will vary depending on the individual woman. Pain and discomfort may be constant or intermittent, and the pain levels may vary day to day. Some general symptoms of breast pain that could occur would include soreness, burning, discomfort, or pain in one or both breasts, breasts that are too tender to touch, leading to the inability to tolerate a bra or even light clothing due to discomfort, sharp stabbing or throbbing pains, and it's very important to have this checked out. This just because sounds lovely. <laughs> really, I think it's really important for um, women, if they're experiencing that, to make sure it's not something else. Um, Absolutely. 
yeah, with the um, the incidence of breast cancer, it's just so important that the second it's it's not overreacting. The second you have something, some kind of symptom that's out of the norm, like you absolutely have to go get it checked out. It's also very important for women of this age to make sure that you're getting your mammograms regularly and doing your self examinations because you know without these things, we we as dental hygienists know that the preventative mindset and this falls straight in line with that, and we do have to take care of ourselves. We actually have planned this year, I was talking, I have a friend who's in the UK and she's a dental hygienist and unfortunately she actually had breast cancer in her 30s and she's agreed that she'll come on the podcast this year and talk about her experience of having breast cancer, her treatment, how it affected her body and her oral health and everything that she's gone through so that we can actually talk to someone who's actually been through it. I think that's really important so then we can, you know, be treating our patients better and, and understanding that process for them. So Absolutely. an oral side effect of menopause can actually be burning tongue. Um, burning tongue syndrome is a condition characterized by a burning sensation in the tongue and or the mouth membrane without any identifiable oral lesions or other visible clinical causes. The most common medical term um, for this condition is glossiadena, and this pain is often experienced at the tip of the tongue or the roof of the mouth. The sensations associated with burning tongue syndrome from menopause generally occur in several different patterns that vary in intensity and consistency. And these patterns include pain that occurs every day, starting with minimal burning in the morning and increasing with pain and discomfort through the day until reaching maximum intensity in the evening, can start as soon as they wake and continue all day long, or comes and goes throughout the day with, with some symptom-free days. Symptoms may suddenly disappear on their own or change in frequency. While sensations may be, in some individuals, may be temporarily relieved by eating or drinking, regardless of the pattern, burning mouth syndrome can last anywhere from months to years. It sounds so horrible, with no yeah. known prescription factor or even prior to onset. Studies suggest hormonal changes may call, play a causal role in burning tongue syndrome, and other possible causes can include medications, smoking, nerve damage, food allergies, dental issues, poor diet and vitamin deficiencies, and reflux and gastric disorders. Sounds beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next on the list is depression. Depression is a broad term that encompasses a range of severity from mild temporary episodes of sadness to severe persistent depression. The most severe form is termed clinical depression, but can also be called major depression or major depressive disorder. Depression is a complex condition with expert opinions varying greatly on different types and manifestations of depression. Some theories, uh, some theorize there may be as many as six different forms of depression. Hormones and hormonal changes play a crucial role in our emotional state, with hormonal changes able to cause significant emotional changes and vice versa. Estrogen are, estrogens are central in coordinating brain development and maintaining brain activity and cyclic functions in estrogen and progesterone increase stress responses and increasing the susceptibility to depression and anxiety. Hormonal fluctuations uh, women experience throughout their lives due to their menstrual cycles become increasingly erratic during the pre perimenopausal period. As menopause progresses, women experience progressively longer periods of estrogen withdrawal. It is these hormonal changes which are believed to increase the risk for mood disorders in some women. So this is like a this is a really interesting piece of it too, because you know, I, I feel like culturally we're just kind of told to like toughen up and get over it and you know there's a chemical imbalance that's happening and i don't think that that's really paid attention to as much as it should be 
when women are transitioning through this phase of their lives. And, and this is a pretty significant thing to deal with. Depression, it, it can alter so much yeah. of your life. So this, yeah. is, this is a really big yeah. piece to look at. So digestive problems is another area where we can have problems in menopause. Our digestive system is integral to the body and contributes to our overall health. By having a healthy digestive system, we can be assured that we generally feel good and as a result of a healthy gut, meaning the food is effectively digested and processed in the body. During perimenopause and menopause, problems can develop. The feeling of bloating, gas or wind, constipation can develop and is uncomfortable and hormone fluctuations mean that a normal, healthy digestive system starts to unravel. There are many forms of digestive problems that can be experienced in perimenopause and menopause, and these can include constipation, diarrhea, bloating, heartburn, IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, um, vomiting and lactose intolerance. The three most distressing digestive systems in menopause are constipation, wind bloating and heartburn. Although there are numerous possible causes of digestive problems as menopause approaches, it is more likely that these are brought about by hormonal changes, causing a hormone imbalance with the reduction of progesterone and estrogen normally produced by the body. The reduction in particular of estrogen results in levels of cortisol in the body rising, which in turn can play havoc with the levels of blood sugar and raise the blood pressure levels as well yeah yeah just yeah, keep getting better no and better either seriously and then the the higher yeah. levels of cortisol go back to what we just talked about with depression i mean it's like it's, yeah. it's crazy dizziness so the term dizziness covers a range of sensations you might experience during dizzy bouts these sensations can be very worrying and are often described as a feeling of lightheadedness a feeling of being off balance and a sense of uncertainty about your balance a feeling of being faint or woozy, possibly to the point where you think you're actually going to pass out. Typically, menopausal dizziness bouts don't last very long. Despite this, they can be very concerning, leaving you disoriented and feeling out of sorts. There are three different variations of dizziness that you might experience. Vertigo, which is the feeling that things are spinning. Disequilibrium. <laughs> Uh, feeling like you might be unsteady or off balance or presyncope, feeling that you might be faint. Hormones are a possible cause of dizziness during menopause. However, dizziness may also result from hormones causing other conditions, which may lead to dizziness. Conditions include insomnia, migraines, anxiety, and stress. Yow. <laughs> and then there's menopause fatigue, which can just happen because of all the things that we're talking about causing stress and just feeling fatigued from all of those symptoms as well. Another Amazing. big thing from menopause is hair loss. So menopause can lead to thinning, breakage of loss of hair for a lot of women. This is mostly due to consistently low levels of estrogen and progesterone and an increased production of testosterone. These hormone changes lead to the hair thinning and breaking, hair loss or even sometimes facial peach fuzz or sprouts of hair on the chin. It's gonna, mm -hmm. I don't want to <laughs> Other factors mm -hmm. that make induce <laughs> growth include reduction in um, oil secretion, thyroid dysfunction, nutrient deficiencies, commencement of new medications, stress, genetic influences, and the list goes on. It's quite difficult to always pinpoint only one definitive cause of hair loss, and quite frequently there's more than one factor playing a role at any given time. It has been estimated that approximately 38% of women over the age of 70 experience female pattern hair loss. It tends to particularly affect the central portion of the scalp, varying the frontal hairline and is characterized by a wider midline part of the crown and the other side of the scalp. The manifestations of female hair loss includes thinning of the lateral. 
We also have heart palpitations, which are irregular heartbeats, and they're often noticed by people when they become aware of their heart beating as it moves out of its usual rhythm. <clears throat> this can have a feeling of a ripple in the chest. Both women and men can experience heart palpitations. However, perimenopausal and menopausal women often experience them more regularly on a regular basis due to their fluctuating hormones. Many women report palpitations during or after experiencing a hot flash. Heart palpitations occur during due to low levels of female hormone estrogen. This overstimulates the heart and causes the beat to become irregular or speed up. During menopause, hormone production decreases, which will cause an increase in the heart rate as well as the frequency in palpitations and non-threatening arrhythmias. I didn't know this before I was doing the research that it also, no. you know, yeah but it one makes that sense I, I mean it, it all yeah, goes it back to your hormones horrible but makes sense one that i was aware of though was headaches so many factors contribute to headaches for both men and women including family history and age and women however often notice a relationship between headaches and hormonal changes the hormones um estrogen and progesterone play key roles in regulating the menstrual cycle and also affect headache related chemicals in the brain Having steady estrogen and progesterone levels may improve headaches while experiencing estrogen and progesterone levels that dip or change can make headaches worse. Uh, when we can get estrogen buildup headaches, the menstrual cycle for most women lasts 28 days. However, this may vary. The first day of menstruation is regarded as day one of the cycle. And on day one, both estrogen and progesterone levels are low and both levels remain relatively low for the first half of the cycle. However, around day 12 of the cycle, the estrogen does have a mid-cycle surge just prior to ovulation and then drops off again. After ovulation, the estrogen starts to climb towards the end of the cycle, a day or so before the next um, bleed, and the estrogen levels drops again. The progesterone is expected to keep pace with an increase of the estrogen and is thought to balance out the estrogen and helps offset the possible side effect of too much of it. If there's an insufficient progesterone be, um, being produced, then the estrogen receptors are overly sensitive to the estrogen and a gradual buildup of estrogen can cause the headache. I'm so lucky. The one that, we're very lucky. One that is pretty well known are hot flashes, which are described as the sudden feeling of heat or warmth, often accompanied by profuse sweating. It may also present itself as an increased heart rate, red or flushed face, heat affecting the whole body. Hot flashes can continue for up to 30 minutes or more at a time, or maybe just as short as a few seconds. The sensation often begins in the face or the chest and may spread through the body. The surface of the skin often feels hot to the touch. Hot flashes can sometimes be associated with other symptoms such as nausea, anxiety, lightheadedness, general feelings of being unwell, sleeplessness, constantly being woke by overheating and night sweats, or an overactive mind. Right. Um, another yeah. symptom which most people are aware of would be irregular periods. So irregular periods are due to the hormonal imbalance or fluctuations during menopause. The hormones, estrogen and progesterone, reduce the women, reducing women from the ages 45 to 55 most commonly, and some women may experience it at an older or younger age. Estrogen is a primary function of thickening the lining of the uterus. However, as these levels decline, the lining begins to shed erratically, often causing heavy bleeding. Other hormone, um, progesterone, is also responsible for the levels of menstrual bleed and is also affected by a decline in terms of leading to irregular periods. 
the irregular menstrual cycle relies on these two hormones. So the variations causes irregular periods. The imbalance of hormones in menopause is the primary cause for irregular periods, but other health conditions or lifestyle factors may also contribute. Irritability is a symptom affecting more than half of women in perimenopause and menopause. Changes in hormone levels are believed to be the main cause of irritability at this stage in their lives. The transitional stage prior to menopause is known as perimenopause, where, are the, where the fluctuations on hormone levels give rise to irritability. Irritability may start off slowly and tends to become more prevalent, making day-to-day -day interactions increasingly difficult. Because you are not normally irritable, you may feel confused and upset by your own behavior. The other symptoms of menopause, such as sleeplessness, night sweats, hot flashes, vaginal dryness, and fatigue can also add to feeling irritable. Of course, the best way to deal with irritability is to understand it. So what is irritability? Irritability can be described as an unreasonable response to situations or events. Irritability can cause confusion and frustration to menopausal women who find that they simply cannot control their irritability where they once seemed to have a very evenness of temperament. They find themselves re reacting angrily to situations and stimuli, which is out of proportion to the causes of their irritation. Well, that explains Maybe a lot. <laughs> I was just going to say that too. I was a small child when I started menopause. <laughs> like I've been going through menopause for more than 10 years, if that's the case. <laughs> um, no, I think this is, that's one that, you know, um, I think a lot of the times as society, we call um, menopause or women angry women. Mm -hmm. like, you know, Bitchy. Yeah. Be angry, you're cranky, all of these things. But, um, you know, when I was doing the research, I was like, God, I think I've been that person as well. It's like, oh, God, are they menopausal? Is that why they're so cranky all the time? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You, you're like insensitive to it because you're not going through it. But when you yeah. like just going over all of these different symptoms, like, of course, you're going to be irritable. Like, yeah, good God, you can't sleep. You're getting headaches. You're like all of these horrible things are happening. Terrible. Yeah. And another one that I wasn't aware of was itchy skin. Yeah, um, so I, did I didn't know about this. And contributes to developing skin problems in um, menopausal women. Estrogen is an important contributor to the condition of the skin and a resultant drop in estrogen levels affects the production of collagen, which is the primary responsible for the elasticity and support of skin. Estrogen decline contributes to dry skin and reduces the body's ability to produce the necessary skin oil levels, which are important in keeping the skin moist, resulting in dryness and itching. Women may also experience other skin problems brought on by menopause, such as crawling skin, which sounds terrible, whereby mm. women report sensation like insects crawling underneath their skin. This condition sometimes referred to as formication, which can be associated with hormonal changes during menopause. And that must make some women feel like they're going crazy. Could you imagine yeah. that? Yeah. No, oh, no, that, that just like gave me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, women also report symptoms of numbness or tingling prick or prickly feeling in the skin. It's important to understand that there may be other contributors factors to itchy skin such as diabetes, skin cancer, drug use and side effects from certain medications, low levels of vitamins, hypothyroidism or even skin cancers. So we shouldn't just, if you're going, if, if it's a woman going through menopause and they just say, oh, well, it's every, and blaming everything on menopause, it is important to go to the doctors and make sure other things aren't going on. Yeah, yeah. These are just symptoms, like the, all these things just kind of are raising awareness. Um, joint pain for menopause and perimenopausal women can bring forward joint pain 
The changes in hormonal levels which occur during the onset and duration of menopause can have an effect on bone health. Many factors contribute to joint pain, but the reduction of estrogen seems to be the major contributor to joint pain. Estrogen is important in that it keeps joint inflammation by at bay. So this is also interesting too, because someone might think they're developing rheumatoid arthritis if they yeah. have this kind of symptom as well. And then there's also fuzzy brain, which is uh, thinking or general lack of concentration, which can be a common symptom of menopause and also perimenopause. The difficulty of being able to think straight and actually part actually part of the onset of uh, perimenopause as well as menopause. And women frequently complain of poor short-term memory and a loss of concentration at this time. Well, that just confirms it. I'm, like, I'm in. Yeah. No, but if you're not sleeping, you're sweating all the time, you've got hot flushes, you think insects are You feel like things are crawling on you. Yeah. Concentration would be the least of you, like what's something that would be very easy to lose. Yeah. So low libido is often a common form of um, menopause as well. For many women, menopause can affect their libido or sex drive and sometimes an increase in libido, but more often a decrease. During the onset of menopause, a low libido can be a result of a decline in hormone levels. When it comes to various menopause symptoms that decrease hormone levels can often be the cause, a loss of libido along with vaginal dryness or tightness, which can lead to pain during sex, can be some of the most difficult adjustments and mentally frustrating symptoms for women to deal with during menopause. Though not unique, there's a range of symptoms including depression, mood swings, hot flushes, and weight gain that can also decrease a woman's sex drive during menopause. And several factors can be the reason behind memory lapses. So we also experience poor memory during menopause. Um, but likely other menopausal symptoms, memory lapses are caused by largely by a hormone imbalance. Memory lapses can also be a compound of other menopausal symptoms that affect women's concentration levels and mental retention. Certain risk factors or lifestyle choices may increase women's chances of mem experiencing memory lapses as well. Memory lapses are commonly experienced by women undergoing the period leading up to menopause. As a woman approaches menopause, certain hormone levels in the body decrease. These diminishing levels of hormones, particularly estrogen, have a myriad of effects on a woman's body and mind. In the case of memory lapses, estrogen plays a special key role in that it has a large effect on the functions of the brain and influences language skills, mood, attention, and a number of other functions, including memory. Estrogen is directly linked to verbal word fluency, and it's no wonder that women, that women as estrogen levels will drop, their memory may also suffer. It's just, yeah, we're just so lucky. It's just getting better and better. Yeah, each, <laughs> each, each topic we learn, it's just like, wow. So mood swings is also really common. Um, it's one of the most common symptoms in menopause and perimenopause. And mood swings are described as an extreme or rapid change in mood and hormonal imbalance experienced during perimenopause and menopause, where there are fluctuating hormone levels of estrogen and progesterone and testosterone result in mood swings that can be wild and erratic. So lucky. And I think that's why women going through menopause get a really bad rap as well. Another thing yeah. that can affect night sweats so night sweats affect women in different ways with some women suffering more than others they can be unpredictable and resulting in them waking up with their pajamas and their bed sheets soaked in perspiration these can cause problems with partners who cannot work out why suddenly the bedclothes have been thrown off and waking them in the warm slumber to find their partner in a lather of sweat the disturbance of sleep patterns caused by night sweats in menopause and perimenopause can lead to a number of other problems 
which can include irritability, difficulty in concentration, insomnia and other sleep disorders, exhaustion, increased stress, as well as extreme tiredness. Night sweats may cause problems with quality of sleep, affect the ability to fall asleep or interrupt sleep, and they can have effect on mood, energy levels and general well-being. And it's you can see how these all interconnect with each other, can't you? Like, you know, if you're not sleeping and you're waking up sweating and you're, so, you're sweating so much you're completely wet, you can see how this would affect how you feel the next day and your tiredness and then affect your mood swings and then affect other things. You can have this one with each other. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's like this this whole web that's just, like you said, it's all interconnected. Uh, another yeah. side effect of menopause is panic disorders. Um, and during menopause, this can become really a very debilitating symptom for many women. Sometimes for apparently no reason at all, a woman's heart speeds up. Her breath, breathing then quickens and sweat beads on the brow and she experiences rushes of energy all as though she's in like a fight or flight instinct has been activated. Because of the hormonal fluctuations occurring inside menopausal women's bodies, Several physical and psychological effects take place, such as this panic disorder. And then every, every woman's favorite thing is weight gain. It's a normal and extremely common for women going through menopause. It is perhaps the most common symptom of menopause with about 90% of menopausal women gaining some amount of weight during this time. Many women will find that they gain weight during the process of menopause. And as women age, we tend to lose muscle density and our metabolism just naturally slows down and we become less active than we were in our younger years. Hormones also fluctuate in women's bodies during menopause and levels of progesterone, progesterone, testosterone, and estrogen will decrease affecting how a woman's body is able to lose fat. Yeah. So there, there is so many things that, I mean, this is just scratching the surface. We just hit some of the basic things that, um, you know, people are aware of and some that as Tabitha and I also shared, we had no idea about and we're women, so that there's like a little bit of an issue, right? <laughs> like we aren't even yeah. educated on all of these things. And just reading through these symptoms and all of the things that are going going to happen, it, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's kind of sad that we don't have more education about this as women, um, that there's not things that are done in a preventative, get ahead of this kind of approach. Um, you know, I can share with you personally that I, uh, when I was in my early 40s, I started asking questions from my uh, gynecologist, like, what can I do to prevent this? Um, how can I kind of get ahead of the situation? And they were like, well, you're not having any symptoms, so there's nothing we could do. And my preventative mindset's like, no, no, that's not how we, we do this. Like, I, that's reactionary. I don't want to react. I want to prevent. So I did a little exploring on my own and... Um, I found a hormone specialist and I've been working uh, with her um, and, and I'm going through HRT right now. And it's been it's been really amazing to get my blood work done and see how bad my levels were. I mean, my levels weren't horrible, but my levels were off and um, doing some small changes has made a big difference in how I feel. So and, and you know, you just kind of feel like you're crazy, though. You, you literally are like, why do I I'm off? Things aren't right. And, and you just kind of like spiral into yourself because there's not enough education letting you know that you're not crazy. Like your hormones are out, out of balance. And the, the specialist that I work with, that's what she says. She calls it uh, crazy. If you want to check her out on Instagram, it's crazy hormones with Michelle. And she, her <laughs> thing is, she always says you're not crazy. Your hormones are. So she's got a lot of great uh, information 
on her Instagram page and she does do one-on-one -on -one, uh, with people. So she's, she's amazing. We should get her on the podcast, Melissa. We should absolutely get her on the podcast. I actually have an appointment coming up with her soon, so I will ask her. Yeah, so that really wraps it up on menopause. And boy, I'm hoping you're not feeling as depressed as I am after learning all of those facts and figures. But um, 2023 is going to be an awesome year. Thank you so much for our Disruptor family for listening to this podcast. For the last two years, we are super psyched that you've been sticking it out with us and learning on this journey with us as well. Um, but keep on disrupting. Keep leaving us some reviews and messages on Instagram. We've got some great stuff uh, coming your way in 2023, uh, not only for this podcast, podcast, but on our Instagram as well. So be on the lookout for a lot of positive changes in the Disruptor Nation in 2023. Have a great one. Till next time, keep on disrupting. Hey, thank you again so much for tuning into the Disrupting Dentistry podcast. We love to hear from you viewers and we love that you join us for our episodes. Please make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And leave us a review. We love reading reviews from all over the world. It's one of the things that actually makes all the hard work feel really worth it when we get to see which episodes you're enjoying or some feedback that you give. So leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or write something on our Facebook or our Instagram page. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks so much for listening. Keep on disrupting.